Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host Stephanie here with my co-host Ariel. Hello friends. And happy Wednesday. We officially Woo-hoo, be posting episodes every Wednesday. Um, so make sure you check them out. Get super excited. Every other Wednesday, sorry, not every Wednesday, every other Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm like already... We'll get it figured out, guys. We'll get it figured we're, out. We promise, but we're, we're back. That's that's the important thing. We're, we Our hiatus is long over. We're riding the struggle bus, but we're back. Yeah. And if everyone else is also riding with us, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Ariel and I were just talking about, like, baby products because she has a newborn and my youngest is, oh, my God, he's going to be four next month. That's crazy. But, like, That's we're talking great. about products that, like, weren't around when he was a baby that are around now for her baby. And what's that thing called? Oh, my God. It's called an otteroo. Guys. All right, so I saw it advertised on Facebook, and I was like, um, that's batshit crazy. Who would ever do that to their kid? And then my friend got one for her kid, who is a week uh, younger than mine. And she sends me a video. So it's this thing. It's like, it looks just like a tube for the pool, but you put it around their neck, and they can just, like, float around in the tub, in the pool, or whatever. So she got it for her kid, and he was, like, having a fucking blast. Living his best life. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get this. She's like, seriously, just try it. She's like, I know it looks weird, but you have to try it. You have to try it. He's going to love it. So naturally, I ordered it. And I was super paranoid because, like, it's something around his neck. And obviously, that would make any parent paranoid. Uh, But so I put it on. I put him in the tub. And he is just, like, living his best life. It was so funny. He's just like, he's flipping all over the place, going onto his belly, going back onto his back. He's kicking, he's splashing. I'm like, well, this is genius. Now I can't wait to use it this summer. Instead of those stupid arm floaties, I'm just going to teach him how to swim with that thing. Those that he arm floaties arms give me genuine, like, like, angst until the kid's big enough. Because, like, Chase hasn't been one for, like, two years. <laughs> His arms are so tiny. <laughs> so, like, I basically <laughs> just held him. But, like, I'm short, so we had to go, yeah, like, I'd be like, go with like... Dad in the deep end because I can't reach yeah. over there. So <laughs> My kid's a monster, though. Um, Very true. All right, but I need you to please tell them the oh, story. Yeah, okay, about... so, anyway, my daughter hates my middle. She hates the tub. Well, now she doesn't mind it so much, but, like, when she was, like, a baby, she absolutely hated the tub. When she was, like, two years old, she took a bath in day. And it's probably, like, like, I'm pretty sure I, like, wrote on the calendar because it was, like, a world record that she stayed in the tub, like, long enough to, like, not scream that I was murdering her. And she got out of the tub and her hands were wrinkled. And she cried because she thought her hands were going to permanently be wrinkled for the rest of her life. Like, she put up her hands, screamed at the top of her lungs. My husband and I come running in the room and she was like, my hands are ruined. Why did you let me ruin my hands? And she was, like, freaking out that, like... The the pruny the pruniness you get in your fingers was never gonna go away and she had like broken her her fingers. It was oh, the cutest it. thing ever. I have a picture of her like sobbing with wrinkly <laughs> fingers in like pajamas and wet hair. And I'm pretty like she but she just that's she was not like a fan. Like my son, I was telling Ariel, will literally like strip down naked and ask for a bath at like eleven AM because he wants to like play with the shark. He's like, I gotta get in the tub right now with my shark. I'm like, all right, bud. Whatever makes you happy. Aubrey was like, if you put me in that tub, we are going to have serious problems. So it was always a struggle with her. She did not love it. But I feel like Otteroo might have made her like it a little right. more. I don't know. I mean, I she's can't wait to see him breed, in a pool so, with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. She just talked to me and Arrow about paper and laughed for five minutes. So oh, She's so cute. I can't <laughs> even stand it. Oh, my God. I love that kid. Oh, my God. She's pretty rad. Oh. They're all pretty rad in their own ways. They all, they're, yeah, My kids sure. are insanely different for being raised exactly the same but they're all pretty awesome yeah. in their own way 
Anyway, get back to uh, our, we know the history of our children uh, and and their bathing preferences. <laughs> <laughs> bathing, not bathing. Bathing. <laughs> say, what's bathing? <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So I'm really excited about today, guys. We're doing someone called the Freeway Phantom. And he's actually never been found. So, like, they call him a phantom for a reason. They actually don't know who he is. But there was enough information that we figured we would cover him just because we haven't, like, run across something like this before. And it was super interesting. So, I will start us off. Oh, wait. What are we drinking? Well, I'm drinking tea. Um, Stash uh, is the brand. You can get it, like, Stop and Shop or whatever. And it's, like, uh, pomegranate tea or whatever. I'm doing a Whole30, so... I, like, am only drinking tea or water, so I'm pretty boring this month. Well, I'm drinking coffee because I have an infant and I never sleep, so the only way that I can possibly function is with copious amounts of coffee, so. I support that. And I didn't spill it on myself because a couple weeks ago, I spilled it all over myself right before we were going to record and I wanted to cry. Today, my cup has a cover on it, so no spillage. Look at that. Making progress or even learn how to put covers on our things, guys. You should be proud of us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyways, the Freeway Phantom. Let's do this. Okay. So, since 1971, investigators have been trying to solve the mystery of the Freeway Phantom. To date, nobody has been formally identified as being responsible for the six murders attributed to the Freeway Phantom. And there doesn't even appear to be a suspect, which is crazy. Crazy. Despite receiving... Oh, okay. I gotta interrupt you because you know what is also crazy? And I know I'm not the only one whose brain works like this. My first initial, like, thought was, oh my God, it's been like 30 years. Because in my (laughs) mind, the year 2000 is like when the world stopped. I don't know. (laughs) Like, if I hear something like, oh, from the 80s, I'm like, oh my God, that was like 20 years. Wait a second. That was not. That was like 40 years ago. Yeah, I found out Save the Last Dance came out 20 years ago. And I was like, what? I was not I was not prepared for that. And then someone posted like a meme about how like if you were born in 19... Basically, anything. they can check your license. If you're born 19 anything now, they automatically know you're of age. And I was like... Yes, <laughs> I know. So, but like also I'm like I joke about like oh my god we're getting so old but like I'm also kind of excited because like I feel like they like there is hope when you get older people tell me I'm hoping that's true if you're older please let me know there's hope for my life to like get pulled together because I'm still trying because <laughs> we're still a disaster so <laughs> um yeah okay so despite receiving numerous tips via phone and mail which I love that, like, people, like, wrote down, them like, a tip. That's the coolest Dear thing, actually. police. That's so cool. Like, I'm kind of obsessed love with it. Love always. Like, can you imagine? Like, I love looking at people's handwriting and stuff. Love that stuff. So, like, alluding to potential subs, su- subspects, suspects, the task force set up by the Metro PD is no closer to solving the case. Some of the leads received were eliminated immediately, while others they, like, substantially investigated. There has been some interesting su- suspects through the process, they said, but, like, the identity of this serial killer still remains unknown, which I, is, like, so crazy to me. Like, I'm so excited because it's just, we haven't come across something like this before. 50 years later. I know. 30. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, did I mess that up again? <laughs> um, okay, so do you want to dive into the murders? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. So the first murder that is believed to have been the work of the Freeway Phantom um, was a woman by the name of Carol Spinks. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Not a woman. She was a 13-year-old girl. Well, that's awful. Yeah, all these um, are kids. So, 
Oh God, that's terrible. Um, so her mom sent her to the grocery store just to, like to pick up a couple of things and she was actually abducted while she was walking back home. Um, so about a week later, her body was found um, next to I-295, which is like, you know, interstate. Um, so then on July 8th of 1971, Darlenia Johnson was also abducted. She was, it looked like she was going to some sort of a camp or something that she worked at over the summer. Um, and then her body was found only 15 feet from where Carol Spinks' body was found. Uh, and that was 11 days after she was abducted. Which, like, close time frame. Like, you're just, like, wasting I'm, no time, serial killer guy. Like, God, don't you need a breather in between? Like, apparently not. Especially because, like, if you have to think that he had Carol Spinks, well, she was found six days later, then he must have, like, immediately picked up Darlena. You know what and I mean? Like, there's almost no, her. there's like the time frame is so close. It's crazy to me. Also, it's making me sick thinking about what he was doing to them in the to time keep them that long. Yeah, that's making me very uncomfortable. Um, so, our next victim, uh, Brenda Crockett, she was only ten. Uh, she was sent to the store by her mother. So let's keep in mind that in the seventies, it was normal to send your 10 year old, like down to the store. It wasn't like a big deal. Um, so this is uh, July 27th of 1971. Is that right? Yeah. They're all yeah. in 71. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but she never came home. So there was actually a phone call placed by Brenda to her home three hours after she had gone to the store. Her little sister, who was only seven, answered. So I guess Brenda was crying, and she told her sister a white man had picked her up when she was heading home um, in a cab. Or I don't know. That is confusing, though, because did he take her in a cab? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, like, this was super eerie, like, this whole thing. So, like, finish reading, and then we can talk back. Cause, okay. like. I don't know. Maybe we'll get more um, clues out of it. All right. So she told her sister that she thought she was in Virginia. The call ended very quickly uh, with Brenda saying goodbye and she just hung up. Um, so then another call came through a little while later. And this time it was the, uh, the boyfriend of Brenda's mother answered the phone. So Brenda said the same thing she had said at the last call. And the boyfriend told her to get the man on the phone. He heard heavy footsteps in the background and then quickly said, I'll see you. And she hung up the phone. Brenda's body was found a few hours later by a hitchhiker on Route 50. She had been raped before she was being strangled with a scarf. So this poor little girl, she's 10 years old. She actually works up the courage to use the phone while we're assuming Twice. this guy had left the room or something. Twice. Right. The sad thing is I wish she had just called 911. Like, I mean, maybe just like, I don't know. She. I mean, I'm sure she was 10. It was her, her comfort was to call home. Like, I get it, but let's stress to our kids. Like, if you are in trouble, we know you want to call mom. We know you want to call dad. Let's call 911 because then they can get your location. She probably well, could have been saved. She thought he was going to bring her home because I was super confused by the first phone call when she's like, oh, yeah, we're heading home in a cab. But it sounds like she was already there. Like, she wouldn't have, like, he didn't have, like, right. a cell phone, I'm assuming. You know what I mean? Like, so was she there and he said, like, oh, I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to send you home in a little bit. So she called again to be like, hey, I'm I'm trying to come home. Like, I don't know if she didn't realize, like, how much danger she was in. But I thought that was so eerie because, like, ugh, yeah. like, you know what I mean? To, like, call and then this poor, like, little girl, like, has no idea what, like, is about to happen to her. So I... And 10 years old. And so, guys, let's just assume that most likely he was raping these other kids. You know, all these girls that he has abducted, he most likely was raping them the entire time he has them and then is killing them. 
Also, just so you know, we said she said a white man because all of these children are black. Uh, I'll say it at the end, oh. but all, all of these victims are, are like young black girls. So um, that's why she said a white man. Like okay. in her phone call. That pro- I probably yeah. should have prefaced. <laughs> I was like, that was so good that like, she had the forethought to even say that. I mean, again, unfortunately, it hasn't helped. We haven't found anyone. But I mean, most kids wouldn't even think to say that. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. So the next abduction and murder takes place on October 1st of 1971. I'm going to butcher this poor girl's name, but... Uh, Neo Moshia. Neo Moshia Yates had been walking home from the store. Um, she lived in Washington when she was kidnapped. Within hours, her body was found near Pennsylvania Ave. She was raped and strangled. So now he's speeding things up. He went from keeping these girls for up to a week, sometimes 10 days... And then now all of a sudden, within the same, I mean, within hours, not even a full day went by and she was already dead. Um, so that's horrific. Um, so then after Miss Yates, we have Brenda Woodward. She was 18, which I thought was a little interesting that he picked someone that much older. Like, he doesn't seem to have a preference. It's like 10-year-old, 18-year-old, like, that's vastly different. Yeah, they're and they're, I mean they're all like quite young, but like to go from like ten to eighteen, you're right. It's still like eight, it like because it's like a ten year old has a very different like body structure and yeah. like puberty level than like an eighteen year old would. So right. yeah, definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, usually guys like this are attracted to like a specific like they're attracted to ten year olds or attracted to young little kids versus eight. You know, an eighteen year old they could be between eighteen and thirty, and they're kind of like would be attracted to that age range. Right. So it's a little. Um, but so she was on a bus and this is in November of 1971. She was heading home. Um, and somehow from being on the bus to before she got home, she was abducted. Uh, police found her body six hours later. Um, it was near, uh, route 202 access ramp. So I assume it was just like some sort of an on-ramp to the highway. Um, she had been stabbed and strangled. Um, and then it looks like a coat was actually laid across her chest, which I assume is where he stabbed her because he didn't, oh, he didn't stab all these other people. So it makes me think she's 18. She's bigger. She's stronger. She probably put up more of a fight. Right. I mean, of course, I'm just assuming all of this. This is just like what I think. I had, right. I, this is not the facts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but he probably had to stab her in order to like incapacitate her. Uh, and then I don't know. I I wonder he laid the coat across her chest. I know a lot of profilers would say like that was a he felt bad kind of thing. Remorse. So maybe yeah. he didn't think strangling was as bad. I don't know. But so in the coat, fun fact, um, there was actually a note that he left. Which again, crazy that he even left a note and they still have no idea who he is. Like, I still have no idea. Steph, you want to read what the note said? Yeah, so the note said, this is tantamount to my insensitivity to people, especially women. I will admit the others when you catch me, if you can. Free dash way phantom. So like, I like he basically, I think, named himself really is what this is. Yeah. Or I don't know if they had already named him and so he signed it as like, yeah, it is me. I'll, like, I'll take right. credit for being the free way phantom. Um, but I was like, holy crap, because like 
Now, mind you, this guy has balls and like clearly he had to be in my in my thought here. It's like he had to be charming because these like you can't like take someone off a bus without like other people noticing that you're like dragging someone away. So he had to like somehow charm them into like going with him or like somehow subdue them like really, really quietly and calmly where like people like you're not causing a scene. So like whatever he did, like, you know, I'm sure these like young girls like, you know, obviously we're scared to death so but i'm just like curious as to like how did he like get so many people who are like like walking home from a store sure you could be on like a deserted street and like offer them a ride home fine but like if you're getting on a bus like other people are generally also on a bus there's a bus driver so like how did you so casually like lure this person away so we had to have like some sort of like charm and like calmness and like aesthetic to him to like be able to do that right and guys, can we just talk about real quick um, how strongly I feel about fighting? So I don't care where you are. I don't care what kind of weapon the person has. I don't care what they're threatening to do. Fight. Okay. The likelihood that this person who has a gun to your back is going to shoot you in the middle of a parking lot is very slim. They may say, I'm going to shoot you if you make any noise. Fight until you cannot fight anymore. Scream, kick, make a scene. If they, I don't care if they have a knife to your neck fight there have been studies that have shown that people who are like this are not very likely to actually do what they're saying they're going to do they're just trying to scare you Uh, i see so many documentaries of these women who a guy walks up puts a gun to their back and says get in the car and they just get in the car because they're scared do not get in the car don't ever get in the car and granted, we realize there's one-offs. Like, obviously, serial killers don't care if you fight. They're going to kill you anyway. But, like, most of these people are, like, trying to, like, steal your money. Or, like, see right. if they're, like, have the balls to be a serial killer. Right. So, like, we're not saying, like, fighting always works. Because we know, like, some of these girls... I'm sure all these girls fought and nothing happened. But we're saying more times than not, you know. Well, and think about it. Brenda Woodward, so she was on a bus. So even if she got off the bus and he followed her off, buses, for the most part are along main roads okay they're not especially people off in the middle of nowhere especially back in the 70s like they don't have like now there's like nine thousand stops but i don't think back then um they had that many stops so there had to have been someone you know what i mean so again we don't know the story we don't know how he got her but just as a general statement just fight okay please just fight whatever you have to do to make it happen just fight because you know what i'd rather die knowing that i fought with every fiber of my being than have just gotten into the car or gone along with what this person was saying because i was scared shitless you know what i mean of course it's easier said than done i've never no one's ever tried to kidnap me and they wouldn't because i'm way too big which is so convenient but stephanie huh you're screwed because they could just pick you up and put you in a backpack i'm fucking loud though so good luck yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) accurate yeah oh my gosh um okay so please get that note now this i find very interesting yeah it was a whole year before the next victim was found so this is september of 1972 Her name is Diane Williams, and she was actually last seen getting on a bus, uh, and her body was found shortly afterwards. She was strangled and dumped on the side of 295. What? How did he go from, like, hours to, like, a year? Like, that's a very aggressive, like, oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm not that committed. I'm going to take a breather. Like, for a year? Like, it's, 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 uh, 
it's like ner- nerve wracking that a he's still out there. Right. Like, how many other people do you think he could have killed that he just didn't dump there? Yeah. Or that they can't attribute it, to him? Like, it also makes me wonder. Like, during this year, was he incarcerated? Because a lot of killers that stop other things. You know, they're in prison and then they get out and he's like, woohoo, I'm out. Time to kill someone. Yeah, I don't know. But like crazy, super crazy. So just to like recap the timeline. So like April 21st, 1971 was Carol Spink. She was 13. July 8th of 1971 was Darlena Johnson. She was 16. July 27th of 1971 was Brenda Crockett. She was 10. October 1st of 1971 was Neo Moshia Yates, who was 12. November 15th of 1971 was Brenda Woodward, who was 18. And then we jumped to that year on September 5th of 1972 and Diana Williams were found. So I actually found an article, which we'll go back to after, um, of a detective who like worked on the case and actually talked about it to the Washington Post two years ago about how like still haunts her that they like don't know who this is and like all these like things that she remembers. And she said three of the girls were raped. One was sodomized and one was so badly decomposed that it was impossible to determine how she died. Interesting. And and in this article actually was where it uh, alerted me that these were all black girls. Um, so basically like, um, we can post the article too, like when we post it, but she basically talks about like how, like how much this has impacted her. Like, I mean, think about it. She's talking, this happened in 1971 and she's talking about it in 2018 being like, it still haunts me. Like I still wake up. She says like, she'll watch like TV and like see something on the TV and like pull out her notes and think like, oh my God, maybe I can like use that clue or that thing they do now. Like. Like, she's still trying, like, she's still, like, it's, like, engrossed her because of, like, how awful and brutal the crimes were and stuff. So she said there's, like, never a time that, like, goes by that she's not thinking about it and that she actually, like, still is, like, obsessed with this, like, with the serial killer. She said she even recalls that a tennis shoe missing from the third victim was blue and was a size eight and a half. Like, she remembers, like, that a button was missing from one of the skirts. Like, all the little details. Like, she's, um... And I guess so her son is 44 and he is a police officer and just like his mom and I guess his dad was as as well. And they like talk about this case all the time. Like, can you imagine like how much this must haunt you? Like these poor innocent girls, they're getting murdered and you like literally have no, you have no suspects. You have no, no one like convicted. Like you can't give anyone closure or yourself like any sort of relief because you never find the killer, which like it's just it's crazy to me like not not that they can't find it like i know shit i'm sure there's plenty of circles out there that have got away with a lot of shit and no one knows who they are yeah but just that like to this day like this is how much it's impacted her entire life you know what i mean um so yeah it's just it's it's crazy so i will post that our that link like when we post because there's a lot of good information in here as well um I basically, I basically found this after I had finished, like, ev- writing everything down that we wanted to talk about, or I probably would have added more information in, but I found it, like, right before we were going to record, so I'll just make sure to share it, because it does have, like, some extra details that are pretty interesting in there um, that you guys might want to read. So then, next we'll go to suspects. So despite, like I said earlier, numerous tips that were given to the Metro PD, like, there was no clear suspect that was identified or apprehended. The investigation team included team members from a number of law enforcement agencies and included the FBI. A gang known as the Green Vega Rapist, which, like, that's fucked up that there's literally a gang known as Rapist, but 
where I'm not even going to get into that because it's like a whole nother conversation. I was just going to say, do we need to do a whole episode just on them? I know they're not serial killers, but what the actual fuck? Yeah, so um, they were thoroughly investigated as potentially being responsible for the murders. Each member of the gang was interrogated, including those that were currently incarcerated at the time. One inmate claimed that he had info about the killer, but would only give it if he knew that his identity could be kept secret. Like, fair, understand that, like, whatever. Police agreed, and the inmate went ahead and gave them a date, location of a murder, and details considered a signature that the general public were not aware of at all. So this guy, like, definitely had some firsthand knowledge of shit going down. And so they said, though, the inmate, they thought the inmate was involved due to his info, but was later cleared due to his alibi. But also, like, you're in prison. So, like, how are you going to get out and murder a bunch of people if you've been in prison? I assume, like, he was in prison the whole time based on, like, how this is worded. But the problem was, during this time, an election was being held in the state of Maryland. And during a press conference, one of the candidates who was obviously trying to win was like, don't worry, guys, because an inmate provided his info on the freeway phantom. So basically, because the candidate said that, it like the inmate was like, no, you just threatened my secret identity that you promised to keep and refused to tell any more info ever again and denied having told them anything ever. So this guy like could have given them the killer basically. And because this candidate wanted to win election and was like, oh, don't worry, guys, we've got an inside source. He never spoke again. What? Oh, my gosh. Crazy. That's terrible. So obviously the outcome is that the case is still open. Um, at the time the murders were being investigated, I guess it was common practice for like the case files at the Metro PD and I'm assuming at other police departments as well to be kept only with the detectives assigned to the case. Um, uh, like, oh, sorry, we're not. So like it was common practice for the case files to not only be kept with the detectives. So like, say someone else wanted to go check it out that wasn't assigned to it. No one cared. You could just grab it and look at it and like. Oh, like I don't think it's like that now. It's definitely, I don't believe it's like that now, but I believe that's what it was like at this time. So because of this, it says that many case files and notes on the freeway phantom have actually been lost. So with many of the original investigators being retired or deceased, it would be very difficult to track down that info now, but the case is still open. And the detective, if you want to look her up, I'm assuming she puts her name in here. Her name is Romaine Jenkins. She's a retired DC police detective. And she said that, um, she spent four years in homicide in the late 1960s and early 70s, and the unit was, like, overwhelmed with murders, which we also know the 70s was a huge serial killer period. Like, a huge she- period. Like, across, like, the country. Not, like, not even just, like, in D.C. area. It was, like, everywhere. Serial killers were, like, well, Mostly California. <laughs> Let's just Definitely say. California, yes. We've done, like, <laughs> 20 in California in the 70s. Um, she said she was actually in her 20s then and was the first woman to make it to homicide, which is really cool. She had been yes. sent there by the department's top brass to investigate baby deaths, including abortions, which were illegal at the time. Some of the male detectives, though, who, who like, the spe- specifically the ones who were dads, didn't like that she was investigating the deaths of children because, like, the cases hit too close to home. But at the time, she was single and childless. So, like, for her, she was able to separate the two. So that's basically how she encountered the set of cases of the slaying of the six black girls snatched from the streets, like strangled, discarded near have heavily traveled roads. 
Um, and then she basically, like, goes through how, like, the last half a century, you know, she still wakes up thinking about them. And she even said that sometimes she, like, occasionally scribbles notes to herself. Like, how did the freshly straightened hair of one of the girls end up drawn and curly? Did the killer wash her hair to erase evidence before dumping her body? Like, these, like, she, like this, again, was two years ago. And she's still, like, waking up in the middle of the night and being like, maybe I should have thought of this. Let me go back. Like... And I mean, granted, he could still be alive. Like, we have no idea because we don't know how young he was. He could have also only been like 20 years old. And right. that's also what helped him be so charming because he was so young. So he didn't feel like such a threat. Like, we have no idea. Very true. Yeah. Can you imagine he's just like alive, just chilling out there? And like, can you imagine like he obviously wrote a note. So, you know, he gets off on like them not knowing who he is. Yes. So, yes, I will definitely post this link because it has such good information i'm sorry i didn't put more of it in our specific episode but i just found it like right before we started recording so i will definitely post it but that is the freeway phantom and i just thought it was super interesting to have like a serial killer that like we have no idea who he is at all like we don't know or his background nothing so crazy yeah so anyway that is our episode for today make sure to like comment uh, follow us facebook instagram the whole bang we uh, we apologize we are not great with posting on social media not because we're not good at it well i'm good at it ariel's mediocre I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> she's good at facebook guys but everything else she's pretty much not um we yeah. just obviously like everyone else been busy and overwhelmed and we have a lot going on so we are gonna promise to make more of an effort though to like post yes. um extra facts about you know the serial killers we do in between each episode and like cool links and videos we find um so if there's Can anything we, you want to um, talk about maybe having some sort of swag or something like stickers or yes, something i we definitely were think we should do stickers to start i think that's super simple everyone likes them computers hydro flat like you put them on anything so if you guys are interested let us know and we'd be happy to come out with some swag um as you know we have two logos as well because we were lucky enough to have two people make us a logo so we'd probably do stickers in both logos so you could choose which one you prefer um so just let us know if you're interested you can email us seriokillerscafe at gmail.com find us on facebook seriokillerscafe podcast and on instagram seriokillerscafe so we're we're all we're on all the mainstream media as they say um and we would be happy to uh you know set up swag take suggestions if you have a serial killer you really want us to cover um or like if you have a preference of things we post in between our episodes like oh i really like when you post memes or like i'd really love more information on this or like a, mo- a documentary you watched like just let us know we're always open to suggestions um and there's always like room for improvement so that's all i got for today All right, cool. See you guys in a couple weeks. Have a great rest of your day.